Welcome to the Power Podcast and the 2020 theme, Power Perspective. I'm your host, Malia Warner, discussing ideas to help you make positive changes by seeing your life in a new way. And today you are going to be seeing my life in a new way. Still not sure why I'm doing this, but welcome to episode 56, Seven Weird Things I Do. Hi friends and welcome. I think I'm glad you're here for this episode as we talk about the weird things I do. Still not sure where this idea came from, but as I got thinking about it, all seven of these things are ideas I got from other people. So at least I'm not alone in the world in my weirdness. I pick up pretty much all of my life hacks from other people who are willing to share. So That's the goal of this podcast, I guess, just being willing to share seven bizarre things. Maybe you do them already, so maybe they won't sound bizarre to you. I'll call them bizarre because they are new things that I've picked up recently in my life, but I like them. So if there's something here you want to take and use, that's great. If you just want to listen and be entertained, totally fine too. Nothing too scientific or complicated here, although... It probably could be taken to a scientific complicated level, but we aren't going there with any of this today. So I think how this episode will work today is that I'm going to tell you the weird thing I do, and then I'm going to tell you where I heard about it, where I learned about it, how it got started, and then why I do it, what I like about it. Sound like a plan? Then here we go. Seven weird things I do. Weird thing number one, tongue scraping. Where did tongue scraping start? Actually, I had a dentist appointment. I went to a a different dentist years back and the freebie was a little plastic tongue scraper. And those things really are amazing. The gunk that comes off of your tongue and it really helps your breath be nice and fresh and just gets all that bacteria out of your mouth. Then uh, not too long ago, within the last year, I heard someone... I'm talking about their practice of Ayurveda. Actually, the first three weird things that I do come from the practice of Ayurveda. And I heard about it from listening to the Brooke Snow podcast, which is a podcast I highly recommend. She is always so well-planned and scripted and her podcasts are brief, but every minute really counts. And she has a lot of good principles and ideas to teach. So you can look her up, Brooke Snow, Brooke with an E, brooksnow.com. And in the link, I'll include the show notes to her. It was her episode 15, Self-Care Lifestyles, that I got this from. And um, she talked about tongue scraping and she did recommend ordering a gold tongue scraper. And so I went on Amazon and ordered a gold one and it works even better than the little plastic one. So every morning when I wake up, I scrape my tongue. And the reason is your tongue is one area where your body disposes of the bacteria and toxins. And so it cleanses out during the night. And so in the morning, you want to just scrape all those toxins away and spit them out and then rinse out your mouth really well, even before you swallow or drink anything, which is the number two weird thing that I do. Every morning I drink warm and sometimes even semi-hot water. This idea also came from Brooke. I've always had 
the mindset that water had to be cold and the colder the better. We like our ice here, don't we? But I've actually never really liked ice water. Even at restaurants, I prefer to order water without the ice. And so someone saying that it was okay to consume your water not at ice cold temperature was really cool to me. And I started doing it and it feels really good. So even if you only do it in the morning, drinking warm water, hot water, our esophagus, our throat, all of our stomach lining is covered with pores. And that warm to hot water will help to open the pores and aid the body in releasing those toxins. Especially during the winter, drinking warm water feels wonderful. And if you're watching calories or sugar intake, who says that you have to drink hot lemonade or hot cocoa or even hot apple cider? If you're feeling chilly, hot water. Hot water with a little lemon, hot water with a little lemon apple cider vinegar. It actually feels really good, really soothing and very cleansing to the body. So I'll wake up, scrape my tongue, swish and spit it out and gargle. And gargling is an amazing preventative practice. It clears the bacteria out of your throat, helps to ward off the sore throats and the strep throat that often hit in the wintertime. And then after gargling, I'll drink a glass of nice warm to semi-hot water. And you know what I think I like about this is that it's a simple thing in the morning that I do for myself. It's like the first practice of self-care. And when we wake up in the morning, it's hard to jump right into a big task. Sometimes even showering feels like a big task to get into, or sometimes getting into my yoga practice even feels like a stretch. Okay, pun intended there. (laughs) But when I'm up and still kind of sleepy, I have enough brain energy and physical energy to scrape my tongue. And once that's done, I swear it gives me some of that accomplishment energy. It's my first self-care task done of the day. I've done something healthy, something good for myself, something that is helpful to my body, something that gives my immune system a boost. It's like I'm supporting my immune system in doing its job more effectively during the day. And all of that feels really good and feels like a win for the morning to get me started on the next thing and then the next thing. So number one, tongue scraping, and number two, drinking warm water. Number three, brushing my skin. Also learned this from Brooke Snow, had never heard of it before, but there are special brushes that you can buy. And you know what? I'll link to them on Amazon, the ones that I like. I don't get any kickback or anything, but I'll put them on there just if if you want to see the ones that work for me. So skin brushing, there's actually a brush that you can buy that is especially designed and you can brush your skin dry or wet. I like it dry. Usually I'll stand in the shower just because I don't like the thought of all of those dead skin cells just floating around in the air. We have enough of those floating around in the air anyway. So whether I do it wet or dry, I usually stand in the shower or over a bathtub. And then you take that brush and you just brush, brush, brush in circles, going both directions and up and down. There are instructions that come with the brush and it stimulates circulation in your legs. It breaks up cellulite and it just really helps exfoliate your skin 
and keep everything in your body flowing. You know, not something I do every day, a couple of times a week. I told you I heard about it from Brooke Snow and why I like it. Once again, it's just a couple of minutes when I get to say, body, thanks for everything you do for me. And now I'm doing something for you. I want to help you. I want to help you get the blood to my pinky toes and to the tips of my fingers and everything that you need to do in the day. This is what I can do to support you. And it feels good. You know who I think these things would be really good for is the me of 10 years ago when I had five kids under the age of 11 living in my home, all with high physical needs. I didn't know about these things. And I remember walking through that time of my life feeling so used up. Everyone needed a piece of me. Everyone needed multiple pieces of me. Usually at that time, what woke me up in the morning was a baby with needs or a toddler with needs. And so I would get out of my bed immediately meeting the needs of other people, of other bodies. And during that time, I did very few things that were for myself, for my own body, mostly because everything seemed too big and too unattainable. It meant either going to a gym and working out for an hour, or it meant going to a spa to get a massage, or going to a salon to get nails done. And these are things I just wouldn't do. It just wasn't practical for me to go anywhere. And I really was not informed about self-care things I could do in my own home that were simple and not too time-consuming. So you mamas with littles at home, I hope this is helpful to you. And I hope you will put yourself on your to care for list. One of Brooke's favorite things to say is by small and simple, small and simple, small and simple over time adds up to big things. And I can assure you that the small and simple things that you do now over time really make a big difference as the years go by. The number four weird thing I do And do not do this. This is terrible. The number four weird thing I do is at the end of my shower, I turn the water to cold and I stand there. It's horrible. It's terrible. And now I'm kind of addicted to it. Why? Why do I do this? Where I heard about it somewhere. I don't even know where I heard about it. It must have been, you know, one of those things you catch online. I think it's a military thing. I think... They say, you know, turn your shower to cold at the end. I think it's supposed to boost your immune system and something anywhere I got it in my head that it's good for your immune system. And you know, I'm really fascinated with my mind and the power of my mind and the power of my thoughts. And it was kind of a way I could experiment changing my thoughts, standing there in the cold water and going, this is just a sensation. I don't have to feel awful about this. It's just a different sensation. Hot water feels one way and cold water feels another way and it doesn't make a difference to me at all. And so it's this mind game that I play as I stand there. And I started doing it a little bit and then 
of course, on YouTube or Facebook or somewhere, I saw an interview with a lady from Denmark and she was talking about how she and her girlfriends, they swim in the ocean year round and they're in their fifties and sixties and they, no matter, you know, smack in the winter, they will go jump in the water and not in bathing suits, but in birthday suits and bare skin is not a big deal over there. It's not sexualized. And these women are lovely, beautiful, tight skin, so youthful looking. And at the time I heard this interview, I had just recently returned from a trip to Denmark and I had seen for myself in person those lovely, youthful looking women. And I've arrived at an age where I'm noticing that the worried lines on my face are there even when I'm not worried. Those creases have moved in and taken a permanent residence to the point that when my husband is ironing his wrinkled shirts, I want to say, hey, honey, you want to try that iron right here on my forehead? So I guess in some part of me, I'm convinced or I have this hope that rinsing my face in cold water every day will stave off the wrinkles. I haven't even done research on that. I probably should before I go through all of this suffering. Yeah, I don't, I've just heard of it before. You're putting cold water on your face and if you rinse your hair in cold water, it closes up the pores so it keeps the healthy oils and the moisture in better so your skin, your hair, everything's gonna stay more moisturized. Also, I saw another video online, so of course it must be true, about schools in Scandinavia that during the winter, they send their kids for outdoor recess stripped down to their undies. Yes, their underwear in school. Again, bare skin is not a big deal over there. It's not sexualized. The kids run outside in nothing but their skivvies and they play in the snow for five to 10 minutes. They come back to the classroom, towel off and get dressed. It boosts the immune system. They have very few students miss class for colds and flu during the winter months. So I am not saying it's scientifically backed. I am not laying out any facts to try to prove this. I am just telling you where I get these bizarre ideas in my head and start to do them. So what do I like about this? I must like something about it because I do it. Now, I don't stand there for minutes and minutes. It's very quick. Like I try to get to 30 seconds, but I have noticed that when I do it, I am more awake. It really wakes me up. And the other thing that I've noticed, cause I've done it for two winters now is I have not been so freezing cold during the winter. Now, my husband might argue that that's more of an age thing and that there are other things hormonally going on with me, which is a possibility. I some days feel like I'm walking around as a human furnace, but I am able to go outside, to walk outside, to do outdoor things in the winter. And that change to cold just doesn't bother me as much as it did three, four years ago. So the number four weird thing, I turn my shower to cold at the end. Number five, number five weird thing that I do, I stand on my head. Where did I learn this? This of course came from yoga. When you do a yoga class, the teacher usually dedicates five minutes during the hour for you to do an inversion, to do some kind of inversion. And so it took 
years for me to be able to get up into a headstand. And I do the triangle headstand so that I have my head and my two hands forming a triangle so that it gives you a wider base of balance. And um, I practiced that for a long time. There are other inversions that you can do that aren't as complicated as a headstand. And then I've worked up into handstands and I actually I really practice and try to work on being able to hold my handstands without being against the wall. So why do I do this? What do I like about it? Anytime you get your feet up above your heart, it's good for your circulation. It just changes your body, just gets things flowing in a different way. It clears your sinuses. When I practice handstands regularly, I notice I don't get the winter head colds and the sinus congestion. And I am someone who has always been really prone to allergies and post-nasal drips, sinus gunk running down the back of my throat, making it hard to sleep at night and always coughing up phlegm and gunk. And when I started doing inversions regularly, I haven't had that struggle with the congested sinuses. Doing an inversion, turning yourself upside down also clears out your lymph glands, which of course is very good for your immune system. And hey, what about just looking at your house in a different way? When I'm in a headstand or a handstand, I see my bedroom a little differently. The kids walk in, I see their feet instead of their faces. I can notice that their toenails need to be trimmed. And this is a podcast all about perspective, right? And it's always good to get a new perspective on things. So number five weird thing I do is I stand on my head. Number six. The number six weird thing I do is I practice declarations. Some of you might do this and so it doesn't seem bizarre to you. It was bizarre to me. It felt bizarre to me when I first started doing this. I think the reason that it felt so weird to me to do this at first is because I grew up in the Saturday Night Live era with the Jack Handy sketch. And you listeners who know what I'm talking about can picture the Jack Handy character. I can't think of which actor portrayed him with the really blonde wig and he would look into the mirror and say to himself, I am good enough, I am smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. And it was really dorky. So I felt dorky about, I felt really self-conscious about saying positive things out loud to myself. But you know, I was listening to the radio the other day and they were saying that Everybody talks to themselves. We, we know this. Everybody talks to themselves. There are two kinds of people in the world. Those who talk out loud to themselves and those who speak to themselves only in their head. And I'm definitely the second type. I am a head talker. Saying things out loud felt very wrong. At this part, I will tell you where I first learned about declarations, how I came to do them. And also I will share with you some of the very first declarations that I started doing and some that I do now. So I think the first time I heard a declaration and I didn't know what it was, I didn't know it was called a declaration. I guess there are different things that you can call it, was on the Oprah Winfrey show and she had a panel of guests of spiritual leaders and thought experts. And one of them suggested that every day you look in the mirror and say, 
I am ready for more good than I have ever experienced, imagined, or realized to come into my life. And for some reason, those words, that sentence reached out and grabbed me. This was exactly the time of my life where I was searching for ways to heal from postpartum depression, from chronic illness, and I was open, I was cracked wide open and ready for anything that would help me to feel one degree better. And I began reciting that phrase to myself, not out loud, couldn't do it out loud, in my head, just in my head, I would say over and over to myself, I am ready for more good than I have ever experienced, imagined, or realized to come into my life. I would say it to myself in the morning. I would say it while I was brushing my teeth. I would say it while I was at the gym doing the treadmill. So for years, this was the only real declaration I had in my head. I'm ready for more good than I've ever experienced, imagined, or realized to come into my life. At that time, I also memorized a couple of scriptures, and I think scriptures make great declarations also. The power of the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, right? So fast forward years, and I kept doing this one phrase that I didn't know was a declaration and scriptures in my head, and then I attended a mindset conference where I learned more declarations In past years, I've also just Googled declarations and I've stolen some, borrowed some of my favorites. One is a declaration that also uses a scripture. Um, It just says, I declare Ephesians 3.20 over my life. God works exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or imagine. God's blessings chase me down and overtake me. People go out of their way to be good to me and to those I love. I am surrounded by God's favor. Let me tell you the declaration that I'm saying right now. And it says, I am a brave, energetic adventurer. With my sharp mind, I take decisive action to accomplish my bold goals. When I first started speaking these things out loud, I felt embarrassed. I wouldn't do it when my husband was around or when my kids were around and then More and more I've practiced and gotten more comfortable with it. And now it doesn't matter. I'll say it no matter who is in the house or who is walking by. The reason I like it, it works. I have seen things happen in my life as a direct result of the words that I'm speaking to myself. And if you listen to episode 50 about choosing a word for the year, then you know the power that comes when our mind focuses on a word. So a declaration is nothing more than a combination of words and then imagine the power that gets put into your subconscious through repeating a combination of words. So why do I do declarations? Why do I like them? Because they work. They're not comfortable to do. They feel really quirky, but by golly, they work. So the number six weird thing I do, I speak to myself out loud declarations, deliberate words and sentences I have chosen. Number seven, last but definitely not least, I predict this would be the thing that you would most wish you could spy upon. Number seven weird thing I do. Maybe we could end the list at six.
Six is good. Six has been very revealing. I've been very open. This is not like me. This is me practicing being open. In a couple of months, I have a memoir being published, which means anyone could read it. Anybody. Former boyfriends, people I go to church with, my high school principal, friends, enemies, anybody. You can believe me that I do a lot of self-talk trying to get myself prepared for the haters because inevitably whenever you put yourself out there, there will be haters. So the long and short of it is I got to come to terms with the idea that I'm not going to have any more secrets. My thoughts about having a private life pretty much went down the drain when I decided to write and podcast. And that's okay. There are far more pros to sharing and being opened and human connection than there are cons. So with that little pep talk to myself, let's move to number seven. Number seven, weird, bizarre thing I do. <clears throat> I do warrior cries in the morning. It is about energy. Warrior cries are a tool to channel, focus, access energy. And last week's episode 55 was all about creating energy. And you know, it's something that I've struggled with and fought for to have energy. So where did this start? Where did I get the idea to do warrior cries? Again, it came from a yoga class at my local rec center and the teacher gave a lesson one day about accessing your, oh, I meant to look this word up, like your chi, like your inner power. And she had us practice. And when you get really good at it, you can just harness like your inner light, your core, your energy, and you can and like make this sound. And you know what I'm talking about because we see it when people doing karate break the board. They don't do it silently. They they do a big old haya, and they're targeting an inner core of energy. So for me, this is what it looks like. In the morning, I do it with my yoga. And on my playlist, when the fight song by Rachel Platten comes on, that's when I'm going to do my warrior chants. But it's the piano guy's arrangement of fight song because, oh, if you've not seen the YouTube video of the piano guys doing fight song, you must watch it today. It's filmed in Scotland, I think. I think it looks like Scotland and they have bagpipes and those cool Scottish drums that aren't played with sticks, but with the strings that they spin. And the Scottish backup drummers chant. And it's this good old chi type yell. So when it gets to that part in the music, I warrior chant right along with them. I beat the carpet in rhythm. I flex my arms in power pose and I chi cry. This is my fight song. And I'm not even going to do it very loud in the microphone because the red on my recording program shoots through the roof and that's not a good thing. But it's this is my fight song. The first time I did this, my daughter 
thought that there was a rowing team practicing in our backfield. Actually, it wasn't the first time I did it. The first times I did it, I made sure to do it when I was in the house all by myself. Then when I got braver and knew that I don't have very many opportunities when I'm alone by myself in the house in the morning, I went ahead and did it with people in the house. And I just thought, I'll just let them think whatever they want to think. And what she thought was that we had a rowing team practicing in our backfield. This morning when I was doing it, my son came in and asked if I was okay. He said, mom, it sounds like you're throwing up. So I get a lot of love about it and I do it anyway. Why do I do it? Why do I like it? Oh, the energy it does. It gets me focused. It gets me into confidence and power mode and fires me up for the day, especially when I am facing a day of writing Writing is a very sedentary activity. It's a very isolative activity. Is isolative a word? You do it all alone is what I mean. So you're alone, you're sitting. And is anyone else out there with me? What happens when you're alone and you're sitting? You want to fall asleep. And so I have to do things to fire up my energy and zoom in my focus and power to be able to get through those long writing sessions. And warrior cries, they work. I love them, actually. I really do. Oh, so that is seven. I'm not even going to recap them for you because I've said them once and that is enough. Okay, I will recap them for you. I can do this. I can be brave. Okay, weird things I do. One, tongue scraping. Two, drink warm water. Three, brush my skin. That just sounds weird to say it. Four, turning the shower to cold at the end. You can forget about that one. Five, standing on my head. Six, declarations, talking out loud to myself. And seven, warrior chants, warrior cries. Why? Why am I sharing these things? Why am I telling you? Because our bodies and brains need new habits and new practices in order to stretch and grow. We've heard that saying, insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. When we want to become new people, we need new habits, new actions, and often it is the smallest, simplest things that propel us in that direction. We don't get started on that path by diving right into the biggest thing. It's too overwhelming. You take the small steps first, and then that step builds into a bigger step, into a bigger step, into a bigger step. We need to get out of our subconscious robotic actions and habits and live more fully in consciousness and in self-awareness. And by deliberately choosing new small habits, we empower ourselves to grow into bigger and bigger changes. And when it comes to tricking our subconscious and breaking into new habits and new growth, perhaps weirder is better. This is Malia Warner. Thank you for joining me. I wish you a fabulous week. You could do something new and weird right now and leave me a review. 
and I'll meet you back here next week for another episode of the Power Podcast. Power on, friends.